If you have ever felt frustrated by a prospect who tried to beat you up for a lower price, this is the episode for you. This is Julie from The Smarter Sales Show. In this episode, we're going to learn how to find the real cost of your prospect's pain and how to multiply it. Plus, you'll learn about some cool tech tools that will predict your profits. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique, so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes. I'm Merit Khan. For more than 20 years, I've worked with entrepreneurs, professionals, and sales teams who sell custom high-end solutions. They're never the lowest priced option. And I hope that's true for you too. So it's incredibly important that they know what to say to help their prospects discover that they're worth their premium fees. And I'm Julie Holmes. I'm a tech expert, bargain shopper, inventor, and super nerdy pricing strategist. I've spent over 20 years in tech marketing and sales, and I spend my days now helping organizations make their services and products irresistible to buyers, whether we're talking about their pricing strategies or we're talking about their products. Now, last week, we talked about finding pain. And so it was an obvious natural next step to do a deep dive into what that pain is worth to someone. Because I don't know about you, Julie, but my entire career, people have said, what? That's expensive. I mean, I've never, ever been the lowest price provider, and I hope never to be. Yep. But, you know, it's there is an art and science to finding the cost of that pain for, for folks. Yeah, and the value of it, right? So that we can charge exactly the right thing. It turns out that um, if you do that well, it can not only help you to make sure that you're pricing things right, but it can also help you decide what you shouldn't be selling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's also a difference between what somebody has set aside in their budget for this solution that they need, for the problem that they want to solve, and what the pain really costs them or what it's worth for them to solve. I remember in last week's episode, you talked about that doctor's appointment, remember, when you went in and said, you know, I will spend anything to solve this pain. And that's such a great example because a physical pain that we need relief for, we have a bottomless wallet for that. So whether or not what your solution is, is, is the solution to a physical pain or some pain in your business, that's what we want our prospects to really feel, that emotional level of, I would pay anything to relieve this problem. And to surface that so that they can be thinking about what the true cost is. I have to come back to, you know, Merit, it was pricing, actually. This very concept of understanding the cost of pain that made me throw away one of my favorite inventions. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, I got to hear this story because those of you who don't know that Julie is a master inventor. She invents all kinds of things and I really only know about the the ones that have worked because I've bought them all. So <laughs> what are what's an invention that no, you Oh, I do. I have a drawer full of failed prototypes and products <laughs> that never see the light of day. But one of my favorite ones was actually a product that I took really too far in the manufacturing process and in the prototyping process than I should have because I didn't do good 
pain and cost analysis. So it was a great product. So I'm just going to give you the pitch. And then people that you're listening, you'll say, oh my gosh, that's me. You are traveling and you go to a hotel and it's late at night and you're so tired and you can't wait to just crawl into that big fluffy hotel bed complete with cushy pillows and get that wonderful night's rest that you've been thinking about all on your flight and all throughout that drive in the car. And so you climb into bed and you pull the blankets up and you the hotel lights, you turn them all off. And the next thing you know, you look around and it's like you could land an airplane in that hotel room. There are so many LED lights everywhere. We've got lights on the TV. We've got the light on the clock. We've got the light flashing on the phone because the hotel has decided that they need to give you a voicemail as well as the welcome at the desk. And then you've got the emergency exit light. And you've got so many lights that you could practically read a book in your room with no lights on. So that's the problem. And I'm a light sleeper. So I'm like, oh, I've got to fix this. I talked to a few people who agreed that they had that pain, and I started coming up with this travel kit of covers that you could take with you that would cover up all the LED lights in the hotel room. Hmm. And so I thought, oh, this will be a travel kit, and we'll sell it, and here's my plan, and all of that. But the more I started digging into it, it turned out that why people had a lot of pain, it wasn't pain they were willing to pay very much for. They had other ways of potentially solving that pain. And Dear listeners, you can't see Merritt's face right now, but let me assure you that Merritt's look is, I wouldn't pay for that. I wouldn't pay for that, Julia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I travel with my little mask, my yeah, little blackout mask. Yeah, but this right, and I can't wear an eye mask because I'm a light sleeper. Oh. It was a combination of basically people going, yeah, I really, really hate that. They've already solved it in a way that is acceptable to them. So no Mm. matter what, I was never going to be able to put a price, a substantial enough price on that pain that they would be willing to pay it compared to their alternative solutions. And that is part of what we need to make sure that we learn in this episode is there's a cost to this pain and helping our clients and our customers surface that cost, acknowledge that cost. So that they're willing to pay us to help them solve that pain. That's what we do. So there's our challenge. So what do you think, Merritt? What can we do? You know, I think that's a great, and that's a great example. I actually think there's another way of looking at this as well, that we undersell our own solutions Mm -hmm. and go for that quick sale uh, to our detriment. And the example that I would share is in our business, because obviously we both speak on large stages. And I can think of several times, you know, when I've been asked to, you know, what's my keynote fee, right? Yeah. And so, of course, I have a keynote fee and I am certainly happy to share that with people. But I know that when they ask me for a keynote, that's not really what they want to buy that's one piece of a puzzle. What they really want is they want their audience to be inspired. They want a shift in the mindset. They want techniques to back up that mindset shift. And they want all of that to happen inside of a 60-minute keynote. Well, 
you know, I'm good, but <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's a tall order. Long lasting behavioral change doesn't often happen in a 60 minute experience. Yeah. So that can be the tip off, the kickoff to some new way of thinking and way of being. But what are you doing after that? So what I've learned and what I've taught other speaking colleagues in this business is that you want to ask questions about what's the outcome you're really looking to achieve because that outcome often has multiple solutions and those solutions can be paid for with different budgets. So I think on one hand, it's the issue that you brought up, like I don't have enough pain to solve this problem with my dollars. And on the other hand, it's I've got a solution to your pain, but I want to make sure I'm solving the real problem, not just that surface level problem. The surface level problem is the keynote that comes out of an event budget. But there's also a learning and development budget where they can buy the books and the online courses Mm -hmm. that will further deliver on that outcome. There's a sales department budget where there's sales management coaching support. There's an HR budget where they can do sales candidate screening assessments. So there's all these other pieces of the solution that if I'm just focused on trying to make sure that I get that one piece of the puzzle or solve that initial problem, A, I might undercut my own value and I might leave a lot of money on the table and not solve the real problem. And I think that's probably the biggest issue. It's not just what money am I leaving on the table from my perspective, but we want to really think from our client's perspective Are we really solving the real problem with this solution or are we leaving some aspect of the solution on the table because we're afraid to ask for a certain amount of money? That's a good point. I think that's a very good point. So are there some techniques that you can recommend that would help people to shift their mindset in terms of help and in terms of working with clients and prospects to find pain? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, you know, I'm always going to go back to mindset, mindset, mechanics and motion. I'm like a broken record with those things. I think the real sales solution is a combination of, you know, having your mindset right, getting the mechanics of selling correct and also being in consistent motion. So in this case, the mindset is people will find incredible ways to fund projects that they're personally committed to. And when a prospect doesn't really understand their own pain, then any investment will seem like too much. So what I really want people to understand on this conversation is that if there is no pain, then no amount of investment is worth it. And that's in the example that you shared about the LED covers. Lights out. It was called Lights Out, Merritt. It had a name. It had a name. Uh, Well, if the pain is too small, the investment to fix it needs to be small. If there's no pain at all, then it doesn't really matter what it costs. Nobody's going to buy it, as you figured out. I don't really ever get to make fun of you, Julie, for things that don't work. So you got to give me this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) So that's the most important thing is mindset, you know, and sales professionals that I work with traditionally, especially those in high trust custom solutions type of industries, they're paid to ask questions so that they help their prospects discover that their pain is worse than what they thought. 
Mm. And so a good technique is what I call the pain multiplier. And that is... That sounds simple- terrifying, but interesting. <laughs> the pain multiplier. That, it feels like there should be a sound effect that goes with that. Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but the pain multiplier is basically this one question. And it goes like this. Is that a one-time cost? Or do you experience that cost over and over and over again? Mm. And I love that question because oftentimes when I ask people about, well, how many sales do you think are falling through the cracks? Because you're not really clear about the real issues that they have, the real pains at an emotional level that your solution, that you are the solution for. And they'll say, oh, you know, I probably lost a $10,000 sale. I'm just making up numbers here. Okay, well, is that one $10,000 sale one time? Or has not being clear about those questions meant that multiple times Mm -hmm. you have lost $10,000 sales? Well, yeah, I guess that's come up a lot. Well, would you say two of those in a month, three of those in a month? Yeah, I could think of three of those this last month. Okay, so was that just this last month? So it's a $30,000 issue or is that every month you've ever been in business. So you keep repeating it. So you actually keep going and going with it until like you really are exponentially. I get it now. The uh, it's exponential pain. It's not even just (laughs) multiplying. It's exponential. Yeah. Well, that's even a scarier uh, name for the term. So yes, yes, it's absolutely that. And here's the magic way that I'm able to get permission to ask that question is that I set the expectation at the very beginning of the conversation that I have a lot of questions to ask. And, you know, if if it's okay, if you're open to it, I've got some questions to ask about really what does this problem cost you in the real world? And are you going to be okay with it if some of those questions are kind of painful? And I want to set that expectation so that they can relax a little bit. They know those questions are coming. That's way they don't sound like they're coming from out of left field. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I've never, hold on, I need to write that down. (laughs) Permission changes everything. Mm -hmm. So I might ask, and, and another question that I ask early on in the conversation or somewhere in the conversation, I'll say, are you open to learning about other services that I provide that can help support your team in executing on the message from the keynote. So let's say, for example, they're just like, Merit, that sounds great. You can do all these other things, but we're just working on the keynote right now. My rule is today, sell them what they want and then make sure that you're setting it up so that tomorrow you can give them what they need. Okay. So I'm just creating that opening and I say, great, let's focus on the keynote and what you need the keynote to do. At some point, you're going to be so excited with what the keynote is able to do. Are you going to be, would you be open at that point in having a discussion with how we can further support your team in executing and keeping this message alive for the long term? Mm -hmm. And now I'm setting myself up for a bigger solution and getting to the real pain. That's a very, very good delineation. I love what you just said. I love sell what they want to buy today and then set yourself up to sell what they need in the future. Yeah. That's great. Just make sure you do a really good job. (laughs) (laughs) And then then go and listen to the episode about how to follow up. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. How to get a referral. 
So that's the technique perspective of really finding the pain and helping them discover for themselves that it's more than what they thought of originally. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in how the the tech side of things can make that math easier and like help me Obi-Wan with the tech side. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your only hope. Yes, you are. Yeah. So here's where I think tech kind of comes into play when it comes to pricing and deciding what the right price is. First, and this is not going to sound as tech cool as some of the other things that I recommend, and I do have a tech cool one for you, but but the very first and most valuable thing is to really know and learn how to run the numbers. So you know that I spent kind of 20 years working in enterprise software, and during part of that, I was the director of strategy for an international software company. And we got to a point where we were really starting to struggle on pricing. Not really because our price was technically too big, but rather because the perception of our price was too big. So there is a phenomenon of the way that people buy ships. We've all seen this, for example, going from perpetual license. We used to buy Microsoft Office. Now we subscribe to Microsoft Office, Mm. right? And there's a reason why that change has taken hold. We used to buy razors. Now we can go and subscribe to razors (laughs) and we can get a new razor every month. So there's all kinds of things that we can do. And so the first one is to really understand how to use Excel or other spreadsheet applications to truly analyze your pricing, understand. I know, I know, I know. Don't cringe. Don't cringe. It's going to be okay. Because the bottom of the spreadsheet has really big numbers. And that makes it all worthwhile. And that makes it all a ton of fun. So when we look at the pricing, first step from a tech perspective is get that into Excel. How many units are you selling? What, What price are you putting on those units? all of that. Now we want you to take it another step and to start calculating out or really analyzing what people are buying. Are they buying 20 of these and 50 of these? What's the difference between them? What's the value gap between them? Now there's actually a really fun hack if you are, um, whether you're a big company or a small company, this is a great little hack that you can do to go off and play around with numbers and to see what actually kind of sells. And the thing that sells is you can make little temporary landing pages, little web pages, little landing pages where you can put pricing on them. You don't actually connect them up to anything. You don't even have to put your brand on it. But what you're doing is you're trying out messaging and pricing and you're seeing how many people click. So how many people are finding the landing page? So you can do Google ads to tee up landing pages. So we've done this quite a few times for testing things, for testing new product ideas. And then we put different pricing out there. And then we see how many clicks do we get for each pricing tier. And then what happens if somebody wants to buy it? Like what? It's great. If they click on it, they get a nice message back that goes, great. We're so excited that you're interested. This is something that we're building right now. And uh, if you want to give us your details, we'll let you know when it's ready. Ah, okay. That's interesting. So even before you build anything, we can go out and test the market and test whether or not we get anybody to click on a particular price. Now, If you also want to play the numbers game, there's an awesome, fun tool called Geru, 
G-E-R-U, Geru. And I'm just guessing that that's how that's pronounced. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a profit prediction tool. And so Geru is one of those things where you can almost imagine building a flowchart. But in that flowchart, you actually put in what's happening and what the numbers are that go with it. Let's say you were going to do a trade show. And when you do the trade show, you're going to imagine that X number of thousand of people are going to come through the trade show. Of that many people, we're going to expect 20% of them to stop at our booth at the trade show. Mm-hmm. And uh, once they stop at our exhibition stand, then we're going to expect 15% of those people to do X or Y and then ask for follow-up. And then we're going to expect 20% of those people to have this call. And all along the journey... Um, even when we get to sales and upsales, we can put prices on those. And so we can very quickly go in and change the top number. Well, what if 20,000 people came to the trade show? What if 50,000 people came to the trade show? So if you know your numbers and you know your conversion rates, you can start to really look at your pricing and your profit to determine if your numbers are set the right way. Wow, that's really genius. I mean, that speaks to what the importance of having a sales process, something that you can define those steps very clearly and you know what your closing ratios are because you're tracking. I think actually that that's a good tee up for the next episode. I think we were going to talk about coaching this in the sales process. And if you're not tracking those numbers and those metrics, you don't know where you need the coaching. But if you see that the numbers are indicating to you that there's this is where you have the lowest conversion rate or something like that, then you know where you want to get coaching. But for this example, what you're talking about, you're, you're able to then plug in the different scenarios to say, well, if this number of people came and our closing ratio was this and we priced it this way, we would make this profit. That's a cool tool. Yeah. And I'm going to give you just one more bonus. And this is like a nerdy thing, but don't, it's not going to be even tech is if you need to set some numeric expectations with your clients. So, you know, when you understand what their problem is and their pain, and then you talk about how you're going to help them solve that pain, how are you going to quantify that that pain was solved? And what does that actually calculate out for value for them. Because if you can capture that, not only are you in a better position to upsell to them and to resell to them, but you're going to be able to use that in case studies. Yeah, that's important, especially if you're going to be one of the higher priced providers of a service. Um, You want to know that for yourself, that Mm -hmm. you know we're worth every penny of this premium we charge. Yeah. And here's the result because here are the results. Yeah. When right there, there's mindset for you, Merritt. Yeah. Look at exactly. you. We're oh, mindset. I love, I love a little that. tech to a little <laughs> bit of mindset. I think there's a lot. Yeah. So, you know, and of course we did an episode um, on analyzing your sales. I think it was episode six, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that's a great one to go back and listen to if you want to, you know, kind of listen again more about how to use analytics to drive and improve your sales process. I think that's super valuable. I love that. I love that. So what I heard today, what I need to get better at for myself is doing some of that math. You know, Excel spreadsheets are not my favorite things to do, but you've convinced me that that's probably a smart thing to do, especially because I'm actually rolling out a new um, virtual offer and it would be really smart to, you know, take that through some of that, some of the, those models and see, well, if I price it this way and I deliver it that way and how many of this and how many of that. So I'm definitely going to do that. I think that is super helpful. 
Well, I know my big takeaway is I need to get a little bit more creative about pricing. It's We do get lazy sometimes, and by we, I mean me, <laughs> the royal me. I do get lazy sometimes and just kind of treat my own products like commodities. You know, mm. like here's how much it is. Just, you know, you just go on Amazon and you buy it. And we yeah. don't get creative about what that means. And um, and I love the idea of helping clients get more creative about finding the money. And oh my gosh, that was a real gem, Merit. That you know the uh, was it the different uh, budgets uh, it's all uh, out about there. using that the multiplier, the pain multiplier, the exponential, <laughs> the exponential pain <laughs> multiplier. Um, oh. Yeah, I think that's really powerful, and I can't wait to do that. Well, I think that's a good challenge for our listeners. Uh, really, you know, how can you rethink your approach to pricing? And whether you're coming at that from the technique standpoint or the tech standpoint, use both of those or whichever is your preferred method of entry. But really, in what ways can you rethink your approach to pricing in the in the first place? And my coaching, you know, is don't necessarily lower your price to fit what the marketplace says. You know, look at how are you using all of the tools that we talked about today to keep your price high and to grow your solution overall fee by going in some of these other directions that we talked about. I think that's perfect. And you know what? The next thing, go do some sales coaching. So that's what we're going to cover in the very next episode is sales coaching so that when you find these gaps and opportunities, you have the ability to help your team and yourself to get better at them. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to just be coachable, right, for yourself. So whether you coach others or yourself, you'll really get a lot of value from that episode. Don't forget to subscribe to The Smarter Sales Show. Um, Give us a rating. Give us a nice review. Please share it with your sales professionals, entrepreneurs, sales teams, uh, your colleagues, all of that, so that we can continue to spread the word about tech and technique. We love when people listen to our podcast. We love it just a little hair more when people actually reach out and talk to us about the things that they're doing and the questions that they might have that we can cover. So if you have a sales question or comment or feedback, drop us a note at hello at the smarter We are available to help you and serve you individually or as a duo with live and virtual training, consulting, presenting. Julie, you want to tell them what we're up to? What we're yeah, our new, our new product that we are rolling out together is a virtual selling for real life revenue. So this is for all those organizations who in the wake of COVID-19 and other environmental challenges where they're just not able to get out as much anymore. They've been selling in person and that has become, you know, harder, if not impossible right now. And so we've put together a program about how do we sell effectively when you are not face-to-face and whether you're a seminar sales because you're in financial planning or whether you are Um, real estate, or it almost doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're having to have more sales conversations virtually, this is a program for you. Yes. And whether those conversations are one-to-one or one-to-many, this program is going to address that need. 
<laughs> yep, there you go. So don't forget to check out our show notes. Make sure that you look there and you can find links to the apps that I've referenced today, as well as quotes from today's episode, because we are super clever. Make sure that you also stay tuned because we might have had a couple of bloopers on this episode and we always like to gather those up for your entertainment. And we can't wait to hear how you are pricing your pain. Sell more and stress less till next week. We'll see you then. I'm Merritt. And I'm Julie. Bye. Bye. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.